The following program is a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program. Mindful of your health. Sponsored by Emergence Health Network. Hi everyone, I'm Noreen Hadamia with Emergence Health Network. I wanna thank you for being with us for this Mindful of Your Health podcast. It's gonna be a series of discussions that are focused on the mental well-being of those in our communities. We're talking about veterans, adults, children. We wanna make sure that you guys have the tools you need to focus on your mental health. Now you wanna make sure that you like and subscribe so that you could be notified when there's a new episode. Now we wanna launch this, this whole uh, initiative with a focus on our children and adolescents and making sure that they are taken care of not only physically, but mentally. So we have one of our experts here with us. We have Cedric Deal. He is a licensed professional counselor at Emergence Health Network and also a therapist with a new program that we have, a collaborative effort that we have with EPISD, and that is our school-based mental health program. Cedric, thank you for being with us. Thank you. So tell us a little about what this um, school-based mental health program is. Yeah, so the school-based mental health program uh, just launched fully in January, so it's still pretty new. Mm -hmm. uh, we're currently in five schools with EPISD. Uh, four of them are high schools and one is a middle school. Okay. Um, and this has been a great program so far. We're able to collaborate with the students and the teachers at the schools. And so what we're offering at the schools at this time are therapy services, caseworker services, and substance use services. Um, this has been a pretty good response from parents. It kind of reduces the time where they have to take their students out of school to get services. Um, so they're actually able to stay inside the school for longer periods of time instead of being gone for like an instead hour Instead of missing class, correct. Exactly. Okay. And so it's very nice that they're able to do that. Um, so far, the program has been pretty well received. Um, we've been getting a lot of referrals in, and so that's been amazing. Okay. And when we talk about... Um you know, obviously the kids who who may need, you know, therapy services or whatever the case may be, but you guys also offer a lot of training and education for uh, teachers and parents. Uh, I think like anger management and, mm -hmm. and, and how to uh, deal with a lot of different things, correct? Yes, correct. So we're currently able to provide trainings for parents, staff, and even the teachers. Some of the ones that are really interesting are on burnout. A lot of teachers, even though it's a new school year, it's still very busy at the beginning. So some of them are already starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed at times. Nice. So we're able to really help with that and provide coping skills, help them regulate themselves. So it's been a very great experience so far with that. Okay. And is it helpful to uh, teach, and I call it awareness, but inform the teachers on maybe some of the signs that they need to be looking out for with the children that they might be experiencing. Yes, so actually part of our program is the teachers can request a referral process through their school counselors. So we actually try to help them to understand and see symptoms of anxiety or depression. Are you noticing changes in the classroom? Are they becoming more withdrawn from the educational process? Okay. Friends, do you notice maybe they're alone at lunch? And so teachers are really one of the most helpful points of contact in the school because they're able to really say, hey, I'm noticing this sign in the student. Okay. 
can we get part of the program going there? Well, if you think about it, our, our students spend, what, a good seven, eight hours yes. with, with these teachers. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that we, we collaborate with them, correct? Correct, yes. They're there most of the day, really. Okay. <laughs> and so teachers are really there to help out, and they really do get to know the students very well. So as soon as something changes, they're the ones that usually notice first. They're, they're aware of it. Okay, but I do also want to go back that we, we focus on the well-being of the teachers as well because they get some valuable information from you guys being there as well, right? Yes, correct. We want to help with burnout. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, okay. Now, I want to change the focus a little on specific issues mm -hmm. that, that impact our students, whether they're in elementary, middle, high school, okay? And I want to start off with bullying. Um, let's talk about, you know, that that is unfortunately an issue that, that is facing our kids these days. But how, other than the obvious, is, is this hurtful? For, for children. So for children, we think about bullying, you know, there's a decrease in self-esteem, right? They're worried about how they're perceived by others. And usually a bully who is, you know, telling them mean things or being harmful towards them is decreasing their sense of self-esteem. Um, you know, that can impact their anxiety, right? Especially with the new school year. They're already yes. scared, they're already worried. And so starting a new school year, that can be very hard for them. Maybe they want to avoid going to school. And education is really important. So if they're not in school, they're not learning that's impacting their ability to do day-to-day -day things. Okay, so what can we do as a parent? Mm -hmm. we, we might notice our child, uh, we've talked to them, you have that line of communication open, mm -hmm. something is going out. How do we empower them? How do we help them? So I think parents first, communication is key. Okay. I think having open communication and dialogue. What does bullying look like? How does it affect them? Because if your child feels comfortable expressing that to you, then you can then advocate on their behalf. Okay. Advocating to staff. So this would be principals, counselors, teachers. If you're able to get into the school and say, this is what I'm noticing. This is the information I found. This is everything that I've saved. Whether it be like social media bullying, right? Maybe screenshots. Okay. Um, times that it's happened and so parents can advocate greatly for their children at the school um, and they have policies in place at school where they can help them maybe they have a modified schedule so they're not in the same classes oh, things okay. like that okay what what happens if you have one of those uh children that you ask how are you and they're like fine how was your day today <laughs> good how how do you how do you break to that? How mm -hmm. do you really get to the core of what's going on? So I think one thing that's really helpful is engaging in family activities. Even okay. though that sounds like, you know, we should be doing that already, but sometimes it'll come out naturally. Let's say you're playing a game together and then all of a sudden your child's like really sad. Then that's that key moment to say, I'm noticing something's happening here. Okay. A lot of times children will open up when we're not asking. It's when we're doing things together that we enjoy, that you notice something and then you can start okay, that conversation. Perfect. Uh, on the topic of bullying, how can children help themselves? So I think it's important that children also have a sense of voice, right? So they're telling either parents, teachers, school counselors, so really saying, hey, this is happening to me. And then of course being receptive, right? So having somebody to say, I believe you. I think that's the most important part. So a lot of times children have this feeling where my voice doesn't matter because I'm a child. Right. So as a parent, we can give them that push to say, yeah, have that self-esteem. I want you to share what's happening to you, get your story out there. Okay. And we think that's very important for children to know that they can reach out and can get help. Okay, validating what they're feeling. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Okay, next subject, school stress. Stress, I know, is, is a part of life, right? Whether you're in school, at the adult level, you know, elderly, it's, it's what we deal with. But having the right tools to deal with stress can make a real difference, right? Correct, yes. Okay, and what are some of those tools? 
for, for kids Perfect. specifically? So I think with kids, starting with, again, communication. Okay. If parents are communicating, I'm noticing you're stressed out, I can see your anxieties happening, what can we model for them? So one thing that I love to do with kids is deep breathing. I think right away they need to learn this skill. It helps to regulate yourself. <laughs> Deep breathing. Exactly. Do you have an example of yes, something that we I love do? one okay. with my hand here. So okay. kids love it. It's tactile, so you can Got touch. It. So we go inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Inhale through your nose. Exhale. I might pass out, Cedric. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. And kids really love that. <laughs> Not only kids, as an adult, yes. I, that could be helpful, something I could do at my desk, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, some kids get worried about doing those type of things in a classroom setting. Right. So that can be very helpful if they're under their desk, they can do it. Um, they can even hold their hands and just kind of move their fingers along. So a lot of people don't really notice it, and those are nice ones to have for them. Nice, Cedric. I had not heard about that tip. That That's a good one. Okay. Um, when we talk about school stress as a teacher, okay, you know, there's a lot going on. There's the, the, the um, you know, stress of your GPA, of, of taking your AP courses, you know, practice, whatever the case may be. As, as teachers, how do we know when they're reaching that unhealthy stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, there is good and bad stress, right? You have those good stress that makes us do a little bit better sometimes, but bad stress or challenging stress really comes in the form of, is it impacting their ability to be in class? Are we noticing changes in their academic scores? Are we seeing A's and B's turning into C's and D's? Are we seeing um, a lack of socialization? You know, in the classroom, maybe they're like, I'm not with my friends anymore. I don't like talking to them. So we can start to notice these signs and say, wait, I think the stress is impacting them on a deeper level. And that's really what teachers can notice. Okay, and I'm assuming that's the same for parents, correct? Yes, and Those parents too, exactly. Okay. All righty. Now, test anxiety. Um, you hear about it, but it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Test anxiety. And, and I know that now, um, you know, my daughter, she sometimes, or used to, she's gotten better, freaks out about when she knows she has a test. And then you put the SATs now that they're older and you know the state mandated tests. Mm -hmm. And they really do get anxiety over that. What is it that they're like physically going through? Mm -hmm. So in those moments, a lot of them may be experiencing almost like a panic attack. There's the increase in the breathing, the heart rate, sweaty palms, um, they can't focus, maybe they're shaky. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those are physical symptoms they're experiencing. And then their mind's racing. I almost like to think of it like bees running in their head, these okay. thoughts that are buzzing everywhere. And it makes it really difficult to concentrate on a standardized test if your mind is everywhere else. And you're timed, right? Exactly. And mm -hmm. there's the added pressure of that. Okay. The breathing, I'm assuming, will help with that. Mm -hmm. Any other tools? Yes. One I like is a five senses meditation. It helps you to feel a bit more comfortable and grounded. So I usually ask to think of a place that you love or enjoy. It can be real or fake. Let's say, for example, the forest. You like camping. And then we just go through the five senses. So what are five things that you can see? What are five things that you can hear? Okay. What are five things that you can touch, smell, or taste? So it helps them to sometimes go through memories that are very positive for them in that moment. And then they come back to the sense of, wait, those thoughts are gone. I feel more centered. I feel relaxed. Now I can take this test. Now, is that something that they could do as, you know, mom's taking them to school, dropping them off? Maybe they could do together. Mm -hmm. exactly. Or is that something that they could do, you know, also privately before the test starts? Yeah, both. Okay. You know, parents can be part of that process, especially with memories. Let's say they have a 
up amazing camping memory. And so mom was there with them or dad was there with them and they can say, oh yeah, I remember I loved that you made hot dogs that day or s'mores. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, ah, oh, that's, that's a good one, I like that. Okay, um, did you know there's such a thing as separation anxiety and how does it relate to our kids, especially the young kids? And how can we help them? We're gonna find out in just a bit. At Emergence Health Network, your behavioral health is our commitment. For more than 55 years, we have been serving our community, providing mental health programs, substance use treatments, assistance for our veterans, and 24-hour crisis care. This is us working for you. So before the break, we were talking about separation anxiety, or at least we, you know, touched our, our, our little toe in it, because we want to really explore what separation anxiety is. And this is how I envision it. Um, you're taking your kindergartner to, to school for the first day, or even they might be excited the first day, but maybe the second, third day, they realize, oh, this is going to happen like Monday through Friday. They start crying. They don't want to let go of your hand. Uh, you know, you have to see them walking away. And as a parent, it is heartbreaking. So separation anxiety, is that something that's just for the kids or is it for the parents as well? I think it involves both, right? Part of the process is your child's realizing, oh wait, I'm gonna be left here for a little bit of time. When are the, when is mom or dad coming back? And then for the parent, it's that part where your child is sad, emotional, they're crying, they're trying to reach out to you, and you have to let that process kind of work out it's on its so own. It's so heartbreaking, mm -hmm. right? So what can we do, well, well, let me back up. How do we notice or determine when it gets to an unhealthy? portion of that. Okay. So I think if you're noticing a pattern, so let's say every time you're dropping off your child at daycare, it's always crying and maybe throwing a tantrum or mm -hmm. throwing things and they're not readjusting in a safe manner, then I think that's when you're starting to notice, okay, what else can we do to reassure them that they're going to be okay at the end of the day? Okay. Mm -hmm. So what can you be doing, uh, let's say the night before, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, or on the drive to school or before they get on the bus? What are some of the things we could do? So I think it's important to give them structure. This can even happen before they even start going to kindergarten or daycare, practicing that, saying, you know what, let's practice separation. Maybe let's do 15 minutes, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna leave you at grandma, I'm gonna leave you with a, with a nanny. So that they understand, wait, you're gonna come back in 15 minutes. So really being able to express times to your child. Maybe they don't understand you're gonna be back at three, but they're gonna ask their teacher, when is my mom coming back? Oh, yeah. at three, okay. And then being there at three for them to pick them up. That's a really huge relief when they realize, wait, it's true, okay. you are gonna be back at that time. Okay, mm -hmm. and how about the drive up to the school? Yeah, you can do fun <laughs> things in the drive up to the school. Maybe you can play games or you can start saying, hey, when you get out, we're gonna do the exact same game we did. I want you to point to five things as we're driving that you really like. Okay, and I don't know this, but does that help maybe divert their attention to something else? Yes. Except for dealing with the, the, the drama, I guess, so to speak? Yes, because what's happening is even before you start getting in the car, your child may be thinking, I'm going to be going to daycare. Right. <laughs> and so for an hour before that, they may already be worrying about it. So in the car ride, give them a sense of relief. Do something fun. Play some fun music. Sing some songs together. Babies love to sing. You know, young kids love doing that too. Right. So. Okay. Ah, Cedric, you're my, you're my new favorite person the, the advice that you're giving us is fantastic okay so unfortunately now I'm going to switch to a, a more serious topic uh, but I think it's a topic that is very important to address and we're talking about suicide prevention and it's an unfortunate reality 
-hmm. whether we deal with with children or adults or whatever. So all of this really can help uh, at all levels, at all ages. So suicide prevention, uh, what are some of the signs that we can notice when someone is really getting to that place? Mm -hmm. So one thing that's really important if your child likes to write or draw is to look at those drawings. They may depict what they're feeling. You may see a loss of, of hopelessness, a sense of hopelessness, a loss of enjoyment that they had in things that they previously liked. Um, it's really important to notice those small changes in their behavior and their mindsets, and that can be done in those mediums. Um, really noticing, are they um, enjoying family time anymore? Or are they secluding themselves away into their room? Are they coming from school straight into their room? Okay. Uh, really trying to find those signs of detachment from the socialization that they enjoyed before or the things that they love in life, which could be like sports or anything like that. Okay. So how do you or do you approach someone who you think might be having those suicidal thoughts? Yes, I think you can do that in a way that's accepting, non-judgmental, non excuse me, and then also very open-minded. Because if this is your child, they may express something to you that is related to you. <laughs> um, okay. But I think by first starting a conversation, saying, how are you feeling? Or I noticed that you seem a little down today. Letting them know that that's a safe space to open up emotionally. You know, if they are having any suicidal ideations or thoughts, that's a very vulnerable place for them. Mm -hmm. So letting them know, you know, it's okay for you to talk to me. I want to be as open-minded here and just allow you to have this space in this time. Now, if it gets to a place where you, you feel as though I need to have a, a professional, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, help our family, how do we relay that message, especially if your kid's older, maybe middle school, you know, high school, that we're going to be talking to a mental health professional? How do you approach that conversation? And I think, again, very openly say, you know, I'm still here to help you. I'm here to make you feel better and I want you to feel supported. And okay. through that process, I think having somebody who knows a little bit more and is a professional in the field can help foster that support more for you. Letting them know that it's not to make them feel bad or feel okay. scared, but here to foster that sense of support and love for them. Okay, Cedric, thank you very much. And I, I wanna let uh, those uh, watching and listening that at Emergence Health Network, we do have a 24 hour crisis hotline and that phone number is 915-779-1800. And now you can also dial 988, which it might be easier to remember. And our mental health professionals will be available 24 seven, seven days a week to help uh, you or if you have concerns about someone else. Okay, Cedric, thank you so much. You were super awesome valuable information. Uh, again, we want to thank you very much for joining us for this Mindful of Your Health podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for letting us be mindful of your health. Brought to you by Emergence Health Network. We'll see you next time. The preceding program was a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program.